Welcome to From the Be All, the Burnley podcast. Uh, I'm Andrew Greaves. No Simon Evans this week. He's on his holly bobs uh, in America. Last I saw, he was in Arizona, climbing up big rocks and enjoying the local hospitality to its fullest. Um, I am joined, however, uh, as usual, by Justin Connolly, Paul Woodhouse and Chris Borden. Um, The international break's over, which means we're back to Premier League football at the weekend with an away trip to Brentford. Uh, Games coming thick and fast now over the next few weeks and we are in that kind of period which we have termed better, I think is the most diplomatic way of saying it, uh, in terms of the run of games. Before we get on to Brentford, though, we're going to discuss something that I think most Burnley fans will be um, discussing uh, amongst themselves on the WhatsApp groups. We've certainly been discussing it. Um, And that's this subject of atmosphere at Turf Moor and the club this week advertising on LinkedIn, of all places. I'm not sure if that's where all the drummers hang out. Um, LinkedIn for an optimistic drummer to help with the, the atmosphere. Um, not only that, just as we're starting to record, so we, we record last night, if you're listening on Friday, Thursday night, um, an email dropped in to the inboxes of all season ticket holders, basically saying, how do we get a better atmosphere? So, Justin Connolly, our yeah. resident music man, drummer, <laughs> he's, he's, he's not having a drummer the problem. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, we're all laughing at it, but it's quite incredible. Uh it's a, it's a it's a terrible idea. A, a drummer in the ground is probably the worst idea I've ever heard, not just in relation to football, but in relation to anything <clears throat> on the planet. I I I'm astounded that, they, that they that anybody in the football club has, has even thought that this has got past the sort of suggestion stage, never mind the actual job advert. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, I think there's been a little bit of a kickback about it, hasn't there? A little bit of, and the and the email from the club has probably um, been prompted by that. Um, so whether it'll actually happen or not, I don't know. Uh, if it does happen, I just hope that they place this drummer as far away from me in the ground as possible. Otherwise, I'm just never going to have a good time at Turf Moor again. I can't. I just can't imagine anything worse than having some some. Uh, Persons smacking a drum all the time, trying to g the crowd up when we're losing four nil again. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting one. I mean, I, I love the idea. Now, as soon as you said, I hope it doesn't happen. I love the idea of a lot of out of work drummers queued <laughs> up on Harry Potter's way, looking very, very pissed off because because mm. uh, they're no longer going to have a drummer. Uh, Chris, add a bit of uh, add a bit of sanity. You're you're a fan of a drum beat, aren't you? <laughs> I'll say, what's an optimistic drummer? I mean, I, I've heard it like. James Brown's funky drummer and things like that. And uh, like I say, Rennie's out of work at the moment, isn't he? And uh, <laughs> Mike, Mike Joyce, I think I'm sure he could uh, 
bag a few pots and pans about, but it's it's just <laughs> it's it's tin pot. Let's have it right. You know, we, yeah. for many, many, many years, we've mocked clubs with drums, clubs with clapper sticks, clubs playing <laughs> fake crowd who's noise. That, who's, that, who's that prick with the bells? Is it Pompey? <laughs> that knobhead oh. with the sleigh bells. Oh, oh. man. Just it's, like, it's, like, it's Tim Pot, isn't it? Yeah, we don't like need it to generate atmosphere. You know, it's, it's chicken and egg job, isn't it? Like I say, if you've lost every home game, it ain't going to be party time at Turf Moor, is it? It's it's pure and simple, you know. And it and it, it doesn't, you know. Burnley fans back the club through thick and thin. It's not a case of oh, they're only being mm. fickle because they're not winning games. But you, I've seen before on the on on the on, on the chat, it's that we haven't stayed in the games. You know, the the games have they've been over and done with. They're you know, done and dusted with half an hour to go. Well, it's it's going to be funeral, isn't it? It's, it's just the way it is. If you're still in, you know, even the Man United game, you know, it probably wouldn't have played if they were still wouldn't have scored if they were still playing. But uh, it, at least you're still in it with you know with in the dying moments. And there's a, you might nick an equaliser, and uh, you know Burnley fans don't need any encouragement to back their side. You know, it's just it's certainly not uh, not a drummer. <laughs> No, and would it? I mean, you mentioned. I know you've watched all the games on, on TV. The atmosphere has not been that bad. I mean, one of the things that I noticed on the Chelsea game, watching from home as I did, was the atmosphere was coming through on the the Chelsea game. And that first half, I think we all agreed, probably the best forty five mm-hmm. minutes of football, or amongst the first forty five minutes of football. There's a direct correlation between performance on the pitch and performance in the stands, isn't there? Well, I mean, it's a bit of a basic, isn't it? It always has been the case. If it's good, you clap. If it's shit, you shut up and you boo, don't you? You don't think, <laughs> let me let me twat something randomly on the back of the cricket field stand. You know, although those those heady days of Jimmy Mullins, Claret and Blue Army and people twatting, you know, stainless steel cladding for half an hour, you know, may, may suddenly see yeah. A reinvigorating moment down the turf, but it's just absurd, isn't it? Can you imagine that board meeting where they sat around going, "Are we going to turn this around, lads?" In an American accent, we've lost five on the bounce. Tell you what, let's get a fucking drummer on link. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just absurd. Do you, have, just do you have to have an interview and all that? I mean, it, there's no terms oh, yeah. and conditions. What's the wage? I'll do it for a certain. I'm a mercenary. I'm a mercenary. I'll do it for a certain price. Yeah. Yeah. It says I competitive. I thought they were a little bit optimistic. If you if you saw at the bottom of the advert, it said that because like they expect to get a lot of applications, only people invited for an interview will get a response. <laughs> <laughs> and it did actually say previous percussion or drumming experience <laughs> required. Now, as far as I'm aware, you're not doing big solos. You are literally with a big with a big drum. Just get get bears with maracas. To- yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, we don't know what it is. Do they we don't provide know what the drum. Doing. <laughs> Are they providing <laughs> the drum, and you have to bring your own? What size yeah, is it? Is that on the other, did yeah. It? yeah. And if we're sold out, well, where I think. Yeah, because if if you're stood, if you're you paid five hundred quid for a season <laughs> ticket, and he's and he's sat next to you, you're not going to be happy about it, are you? You actually yeah. need to turn it up one day. 
You turn up one match day, it's like one of them one-man band things with a drum on his belly and <laughs> clackers on his knees. <laughs> you just sat there and you're going, that, that's not my seat, is it? Oh, shit, where's Dave gone? I hope, right. I hope he's got oh, a, a mouth organ as well. <laughs> Full Bob Dylan, that's what you want, isn't it? Yeah. Mouth organ on the little clipper. And... To, to well, be fair, I think one yeah. I, I, re- I really think company had it right in his, his press conference... Um, um, ahead of the Bournemouth game, uh, the Brentford game. Sorry, um, he, he he was asked if if he thought the club needed a drummer, and he was he was quite he was quite sort of um, circumspect about it. He sort of said, "Oh well, that that's a decision for the custodians of the club to make," you know. But then he went on to say exactly what every football fan who knows anything about the game would say, which is that the fans follow the momentum of the game when the game's up in your favour uh, or you're up against it, but having a go, the crowd will respond. And there's like a reciprocal energy that goes between the players and the and the crowd. And that's how you generate an atmosphere in, in the ground. Um, so I think he gets it. And it, it's astounding to me that the, the hierarchy in the club or the, the, the fan experience people, whatever they like to call themselves, that they don't, that they don't get it. And follow it up with the email, uh, which is even more ridiculous, if you ask me. I don't know. I've got the email in front of me now. I, I think it's only been sent out to season ticket holders. Do you think we should, should read, read it out? Then everybody knows what we're yeah, talking yeah, it's about. All, yeah, it's all over. It's, in, it's all over social yeah. media. It's in the public domain. Mm. So, yeah, give so, me a read of that. Dear Burnley FC season ticket holder, We are writing to you regarding a recent club job advert that was placed for a drummer. (laughs) Much speculation has arisen from this advert and feedback on both sides of the coin has been heard. That's a mixed metaphor there, if ever there was one. At the end of last season, Vincent Company asked the fans to make Turf Moor a fortress. Despite this, most supporters would agree that the atmosphere at Turf Moor this season has has felt flat. Insert sentence here about losing every game. Um, With that, we come to you, the season ticket holder, to hear your suggestions on how we can collectively lift the match day atmosphere. We are open to hearing any and all suggestions as to how to bring back the Turf Moor roar. And that's really inspirational. We must ensure the squad hears and feels our support throughout the 90 minutes and beyond. We invite you to submit your suggestions as to how we best do this. Let's bring the noise, Burnley Football Club. I mean, that's that's quite patronising, isn't it? Because that sort of yeah. suggests that it's our fault. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know, yeah. our, our hard-working Burnley fans paying their, uh, you know, and it's not cheap. Let's have it right. And oh. to to have that turned on them when they you know they've lost five out of five home games, it, it just feels mm. wrong to me. But I say I've 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 long felt. I mean, it's not we're not in the seventies and eighties anymore. We're not in Victorian stadia. We're you know we're in relatively new surroundings now that you know been specifically built. And there's so much analysis goes on within the game now. I've seen that. You used to spend half the game. Stirring at opposition fans and like goading them, knowing full well you'd run a mile if you if you saw them outside. But I think people mm. spend so much time just sat analysing a game now, rather than 
you know, creating atmosphere, singing songs, mate. I used to love that. We, we, you know, me and my mate Gavin, they'd go and hide from his dad so he could sing the naughty songs, you know, halfway up the, the long side next to No Man's Land. And uh, it, it just had, it's just not that culture anymore. And you can create no. a great atmosphere in the modern grounds, but uh, it's, you know, it, it's, 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 it's difficult, especially when you're losing every week. I mean, they could push really hard for a standing section. They could go hell for leather just to get people stood up again. Yeah, I, I mean, I do, I do think that that makes a massive difference, Woody. I think, I think, yeah, I, I do think the standing areas, you know, or when you go to an away ground and you stood up, and I know it's different when you're in a away ground. You that kind of, you know, you're the outsiders. You know, you relish taking the piss out of the home fans for not making a noise. But I do think there's something about standing up at a football match and having a concentrated section of people stood up that then creates that noise. And, you know, the cricket field creates a noise, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and I just think if you just took the shackles off, as you say, Woody went hell for leather, right, you know, cricket field as of next season or whatever is going to be fully standing you know, if you don't want to, you know, if you still want to sit down, then you can move your season ticket somewhere else and we'll open up seats for people to move into the cricket field because I think this season there were no tickets in the cricket field whatsoever for sale. That's, there's little things you can do, but I just think, mm-hmm. I, I agree with, you know, what you said, Justin, it's it's patronising to kind of go, and we'll all admit it's been a little bit flat this season, hasn't it, eh? Eh, mm. nudge, nudge, you've been a little bit shit this year, haven't you, with your old sing song? Yeah. <laughs> even though Vince, even though, even though Vincent said we, we need to start <laughs> making this place a fortress. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, yeah, if we if the fans make it a fortress, then players might turn up and make it a fortress on the pitch. Yeah. That's <sighs> it. What happened, you know what I mean? It kind of you know, and there were some interesting there were some interesting comments from um from from Vincent in his presser today, and we'll get on to Brentford and and the, the kind of preview stuff. But he did say, I've always said this is about the team. I've always said this about the team. I do think there's a balance between being able to have results now, which I think is this run of games that we're coming into, and also making sure that in the future we're able to get results against the big teams as well, which I think is what we've talked about before, that being that kind of crash course in Premier League experience with some of these younger lads and not quite writing games off, but almost kind of going, well, if we get out out of them, then that'll be a bonus because it's not in my bigger plan of what we do. I do think that genuinely when we start playing teams where we are still in the game, where we are perhaps putting them to the sword, you know, Mm. when we smashed Brentford a couple of years ago, when they came and they run half decent run and they came to us and, you know, we took them apart. The atmosphere is obviously going to be better. But I would say as well, last season, when we were winning too much, everything got flat because it was just that tippy-tappy, pass it around. It wasn't you take it for granted. Like no, yeah. but, it's, yeah. it's, but it's like fans aren't daft. They know, you know, when a team needs a lift during a game and, you know, there's, like I say, certain moments, you mentioned before, sort of, Michael Duff clattering Angel Di Maria on his debut. I can remember Stevie Jordan smashing Wilshire in the uh, mm. the Carling Cup game that you know against Arsenal. That's set the tone. You know, this is we're here tonight, and we're gonna mm. you know we're gonna knock you over. And uh, yeah, you, that, it doesn't have to be an act of violence, though, does it? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. it, like, it does help. <laughs> but it's it can be know, a mazy run down the wing. Yeah, but it could be an injustice, you know, from the from the officials or you know anything like that. Mm. But, uh, 
It's uh, no. <laughs> Ask Kevin Just Ball. Yeah, <laughs> he's still driving out on that tackle against bastards. Yeah. I know. We are. We've mentioned it a couple of times. We've been quite passive, haven't we? You know, and the performance has been passive, and that I think the fans have been passive because of the performance has been passive. We've not laid a glove mm. on a lot of teams. You know, we've got ourselves into positions. Score first against Spurs. Um, you know, score first against Chelsea, and then we just we're then just too passive and we're not looking for that extra bit. We're not kind of taking games to teams who, you know, we, we've said, you know, for, you know, run out of the number of times that we said, you know, United and Chelsea were the worst United and Chelsea teams we've seen at Turf Moor in recent times. You, you still need to, I think we all admitted against United, we were still in it, but we were, we were in it from 70 yards away from, from mm. from their goal, from Anana's goal. We know he's a dodgy keeper. So actually, how do you raise the atmosphere? Well, you try and win set pieces. You try and get corners. You stick balls over the top of him. You're trying mm. to get something. Tempo, I think we had both, urgency, yeah. both, fullbacks, both fullbacks on a booking, I think, that game. Certainly against Chelsea, I think, in the end, we had both fullbacks on a booking. Let's get at them. You know, we've got all of these exciting players, but whether it's you know, lack of confidence or whatever it might be. What we've needed is them balls beyond the fullback, getting these quick wingers beyond that fullback. And I've spotted it a few times, going back to the overanalyzation of the game, where Colly Osher in the first few games, he's looking for that ball, left wing, beyond the right back. And nobody in the defence, rather than playing that long ball, the defence has kind of gone, well, you have another touch, I'll have another touch. And then all of a sudden, we've retreated back to his own six-yard line. And then the pass is off then because we just drop it into that 30 yards from goal, give the ball away. So I think yeah. performance is a big thing. I, I, I can't really expect how the club expects fans to have been any different. But it's also the match, you know, we talk about match day experience and the fan experience. Just get the pie situation sorted, for God's sake. <laughs> I'm pissed off at pie, so I'm not singing. I'm not singing until I get a, a pie that's not cremated on top, frozen in the middle, or I can't get a pie, or I've got to go down 10 minutes before half time to, to try and get in a queue for some kind of pastry product. Yeah. There's all little bits, you know what I mean? Get the what's it. Get everything sorted. Get the music better. Get the fan experience better. The minute we're going there, we can't have a pie. The music's shit. The beer's shit. The performances are shit. Yeah, That's and we're expected to be singing and dancing up and down the terraces. Do you know? Yeah, I'm doing the Macarena in the fucking. I think. You know. I think the the bottom line the the bottom line in this situation is whatever they think and I don't know who's responsible for this, but whatever they think, it is not possible to generate an artificial atmosphere at a football match. We've seen anybody who went to the Etihad last, last season for that FA Cup game, they've got, they've got, um, <clears throat> they've got singers um, with guitars on stages dotted around the stadium outside singing Oasis songs and Blue Moon and all that sort of nonsense. Inside the ground, they're piping chants in and they're, they're sort of trying to get people singing songs about players and the blue moons rising on the big screen and all and it's just embarrassing because the crowd are just sat there going you know 
this isn't working for me. <laughs> you know, they might be enjoying the football, but there's not, it's not, you, ca you can't generate the real passion unless you get something from the players on the pitch. It just doesn't happen. And if we're going to go down, if we're going to go down that road, uh, you know, what, what else, what else are they going to do? You know, because a drummer, a drummer sat alone in the, Bob Lord stand or wherever they're going to put him. What what impact is that going to have? What? I, I'm terri I'm terrified that the next stage is going to be a trumpet, and then <laughs> oh god, what's that band what's that follows England around? Oh, <laughs> they, they've been playing since England since England got the nil apiece draw in Rome in oh. 1997. They've been playing the bloody Great Escape ever since. Yeah. You know, yeah. for no for no apparent reason. You know, since and it's I don't I don't know what the cricket guys think. You know, sort of the uh, the Barmy Army and all that malarkey. I mean, they seem to not mind that sort of thing. But uh, again, it's a different different. There's a different whole tempo to that to to that sport uh, in its entirety. But but what would a Burnley drummer play? What songs are you going to play his drum to? I do you know, what he's playing. Optimistic stuff, obviously. Optimistic. He's playing And then we all shout Burnley. <laughs> well, you remember the one? You remember the one <laughs> at Blackburn? The wrong time. Yeah. Can you remember the one at Blackburn? He just went, do, 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 do. You're like, oh, it's brilliant, that, isn't it? It's proper inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> Blackman no, education, no. though, like Chris. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I went to Blackman College. <laughs> You're one exactly. of the lucky ones, mate. You're one of the lucky ones. <laughs> so it's a big thumbs down to the uh, to the drummer. I'm guessing from all of us, we're we're Absolutely. we're all unanimous in the fact that we don't want a drummer or or any or any mechanism that creates <laughs> a fake atmosphere somebody described it as plastic and i think tony scholes on yes. on his up the clarets message board said think of a plastic premier league club who do you think of brighton who has a drummer brighton who's a fan of brighton burnley fc's fan experience director russell ball you know oh. they always say don't they you know flattery is the best form of flattery or whatever they say um, imitation is the best form of flattery, I think. It's the there we go. I don't, know what I, I don't know what I said then. What are they? Flattery is the best form out? of flattery. <laughs> flattery is the best form of, en uh, of entertainment. Um, what we've gone out, we've gone out and gone, oh, that sounds all right on match at day. Yeah. You know, what they don't realize is that match of the day recording soundscapes yeah. to play over some of the footage. That's how yeah. TV works. You know, it's what they do when they're not live. When they're highlights packages, that's what they're doing. It's just I just cannot. I, I agree that what's he playing? If he's knocking out a kind of John Bonham style solo, <laughs> then you kind of go, oh, fair enough. <laughs> just do that at half time. That'll do. Yeah. It just won't work. Just get Animal from the Muppets. He's out of work, isn't he? Can he play left back though, Chris? <laughs> can he play inverted left back? Because if he can, I'm, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. I think he's him. Yeah, I yeah. think he could. Anyway, right. Animal can play anyway. Enough of this drumbeat-driven like, like nonsense. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back after this very short break with a preview of the Brentford game.
Right then, so after two weeks of international football, um, of which I have to I have to be honest, the, the only bright spark for me of international football is getting to watch Jude Bellingham, who I thought was absolutely yeah. superb for England yeah. against <clears throat> Italy. An absolute best midfielder in the world, bar none. Probably the best footballer at the minute, bar none, on the planet. Um, but that's about as much interest as international football holds to me. So I think we'd... I think most of us are probably happy that we are back in Premier League action this mm. weekend. Some slight injury worries before the trip to London. Uh, Vincent Company touching on the fact that Jordan Bay is not going to be back yet. Um, he, of course, mm. missed the Chelsea game. Um, he's doing well in his rehab. They don't like to say too much because of GDPR and things like that. But also, I mean, Alder Keel um, coming back from international duty pretty much just a couple of days after joining up with the Belgian squad. Um, better news on that company says, but a decision to be made ahead of Saturday. Woody, that doesn't sound great, does it? In manager speak, when they talk about there's a decision to be made, it's going to be Dar Roche and Delcoir into that centre-half you'd expect at the uh, at the Brentford Community Stadium. Yes, I think I think that's probably fair, fair to say. Um yeah, and it doesn't. It, yes, it doesn't invoke that much confidence, does it? Quite away, which means they'll probably have an absolute stormer and a clean sheet, or hopefully. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, sli- I'm slightly, get... I'm slightly worried about that. I'm just hoping we get that optimistic drummer in ahead of the exactly. trip to London because yeah. we're going to need, we're going to need an optimistic ten-piece band um... to play at centre half. Yeah, <laughs> but Justin, I mean. Mm. Companies talked about this is the reason you build a squad. Um, this is one of those games we've identified this game, Bournemouth away the week after, then Palace at home as a kind of judges after we've played these three games. We know yeah. no game is easy in the Premier League, but this does feel like perhaps more of our kind of playing level, does it not? Well, you would hope so, wouldn't you? I mean, that's what's been said, uh, you know, through that run of terrible. Uh, home defeat it's been well you know we've had a really tough start and you know we we've got a little run now where um what did company say he said uh these are games that we aren't beaten before we've even kicked a ball mm-hmm. um which i suppose is true but you know you know they'll they'll be saying the same thing they'll be they'll be saying look you know we've got burnley at home um this saturday we've They've had a difficult start, haven't they? You know, they've they've not not performed quite as well as they they might have hoped. And that that last game against United, where they, you know, they they conceded two goals in injury time to lose, that's a real blow, isn't it? I mean, they say that when you win games like that, when you come back from being a goal down and you win with a, with a sort of last minute strike, um, that builds the confidence that. Even when you're behind in, in in a game, you know that you've got what it takes to, to come back. But I suppose also the the sort of opposite of that is true, isn't it? If you've been one nil up against United and and you get to ninety minutes and you end up losing, that's going to knock your confidence massively. So I'm I'm hoping that's going to have an impact in the negative rather than in the positive. But I think they will be looking just like we are at this as being a game that they should be getting three points out of. No question. 
Yeah, and Chris, it's still just the one win for Brentford, but their kind of um, saving grace, I guess, is their the number of draws that they they've got. So one win, uh, four draws. We talked about this on the podcast. That's the kind of start we'd have probably been looking for, wouldn't it? Kind of that you want an extra draw. You know, you get a draw against United out the blue. You get a draw against Chelsea. And all of a sudden, our position, it's only an extra two points. But when we talk about momentum and trying to build that run of games, if we'd have got the draw against Forest, draw against United, beat Luton, draw against Chelsea... That have felt like a bit of a bit of a run, wasn't it? And it, sometimes those draws are as important as a victory, aren't they? If you're not going to get the win, don't lose. I know that sounds kind of quite basic. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, you, you know, you've got to you've got to find way to you know to pick up any sort of result in this league. And we, you know, we're shown away from home against you know teams we would probably deem outside the. I'm, I'm going to go down to a big eight or nine at the moment. Yeah, any anyone outside that, you know, Brentford will feel they can uh, they can pick up results. They'll be particularly disappointed to lose, you know, three one at home to Everton a few weeks ago. You know, you know Everton were really under the pump. You know, had Everton lost that, you know, you, you feel for Sean. Like Justin says, you know, to go for that was written in the stars, wasn't it? At United, you know, you know, Sir Sir Alex is. Uh, his wife has sadly died, and he just, he just, <laughs> it was just going to happen, wasn't it? Fergie time and, and, and this that, and the other. But I was just looking if Burnley can pick up a result there this week, and if they, you know, especially beat Brentford, Brentford are then at Chelsea, again home to West Ham, at Liverpool, at home to Arsenal, and if they've only one win going into those four games, they're suck right in, aren't they? You know, Burnley start picking up a few points they're they're leapfrogging them in the table and like I said they've got Tony to come back lost them you know lost uh, lost Raya to, to Arsenal etc I mean they, you take Ericsson out, out of the equation from a couple of seasons ago and they're a different side altogether but uh, they they I, I, yeah, I believe from sort of reading reports on them that you know they, they've an exceptionally high XG you know not people can mock XG and this they, they're creating a lot of chances Without Tony, they're not taking them, you know. So they're in line mm. for difference. They're, uh, you know, does uh, you know does do, do Wisser and, and Buemo get enough goals? Probably not. But uh, that that's your hope. You know, they're, they're still they're a they're a fast side. They're a direct side, and they'll pose a real threat. Yeah, they do. They do get it forward. The goalkeeper apparently, like we say, we talk about Murich. As, as good a goalkeeper in the Premier League in terms of you know longer range passing and getting uh, getting uh, Brentford going, you know Hickey that they've brought in from Bologna has done ever so well. You know a real outlet for him down the right hand side. And of course, well we don't know if Ben Mee will make it or not, but he's had a, a muscle injury. But Nathan Collins who is is likely to play. I, I, I thought, I mean. Thought was a fabulous player, and I'd really love to have seen Burnley build the team around him. You know, when we go back to mm. to last summer, you know, not to be, but uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's a top player. And he, you know, well, we'll have a job on to to get past him. Yeah, and would it? I guess Brentford, a bit like Brighton, are one of those sides who we've perhaps looked upon last season as, and maybe even the season before when when Brentford had that good start to life in the Premier League as. I don't want to use the word model 
of success, but mm-hmm. one that you can almost hope to emulate in terms of the style of players, in terms of being having to think outside the box a little bit. Perhaps with a Ben Mee and a couple of the other players, they've got a little bit of a, a, a more balanced blend of youth and experience mm-hmm. in there. But as Chris says, that's it's going to be a tough fixture, isn't it? We're not, we're not certainly not going into it expecting three points, even if we think it is certainly a game that is winnable. Exactly. It's 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 a funny one because if we'd have played this, I think, a little bit in the season. We may have thought that there was probably less opportunity. And there maybe is now after they've had this little run of poor form. And they seem to, you know, they seem to be quite lucky, Brentford, in the way that they kind of came up. And Ivan Tony was that striker. Everybody talks about this striker, don't they, that can get 10 or 15. All of a sudden it gets spoken about with regards to England. Then he's out again and now they're struggling again. And it will it will be a very interesting game because I think they won't be they won't be high on confidence. Um, I don't think we will. And it, it's it's one of those that's either tailor made for a for a nil nil boy drawer, or somebody's going to get either spanked and she's going to fly around all over the place. So we'll see. Justin, we're hoping for the latter. But just, uh, Woody talked about Ivan Tony. Chris talked about Ivan Tony. <clears throat> Have we got our own? kind of Ivan Tony. I don't want to be accused of being kind of, you know, fairy tale stuff, but but kind of Foster, Lyle Foster's that kind of yeah. strong, comes away from the front line, you know, makes things happen, is a presence against defenders. This almost feels like the kind of game for somebody like Foster. He's perhaps a modern yeah. old fashioned centre forward, doesn't it? Yeah, and he, he's 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 having a great season, isn't he? Apart from that, you know, indiscretion that, that got him sent off and and put him off his stride a little bit. But when he came, when he came back after that, he he looks as good as he did, as he did before. Um, I mean, what what can we say about him that we haven't said already? He looks to me like the real deal. He looks really strong on the ball. He looks great at holding play up. He doesn't get that many chances, but when he does get a chance, you know. He, it invariably ends up in the back of the net. So I think if we can, um, it's a it's a real it's a real worry to me that that um, our first choice uh, central defensive pairing is like is well is certain not to be playing. Alderkeel, I think, from what company says, has a chance, but it's, I think they say that. Um, but and more often than not, he doesn't end up on the team sheet. So we might be looking at Delcroix um, and uh, Dara O'Shea um, in the centre of the defence, which to me is not... I, I remain unconvinced by either of them, never mind as a pair. So that's not a great that's not a great foundation to be building on. But like as, as Woody said earlier on, you, you, you never know what's going to happen in these situations. They might rise to the occasion. <clears throat> and if they're not playing... Um, Sort of in the flat atmosphere of Turf Moor, um, it might make it a little bit easier for them. I, I, I think you're right. I think Foster's the key, isn't he? Uh, as as uh, as Chris said, um, Brentford have got an excellent uh, what's it called? X XG XG goal, ex, yes. expected goals. I saw mm-hmm. I saw one of these sort of meaningless tables today, which sort of worked out who 
what position people would be in if their expected goals was their actual goals. And I think Brentford were up in eighth or something like that after taking that into account while we were still sort of third from bottom. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that, that we've got that attacking edge that might put us beyond them. And I think, uh, I think Foster is, is the real deal. And I think if he can continue to produce the kind of form he's had, and if we, if, if the, if the wide players that we've got, the exciting attacking wide players we've got can, can, um, you know, provide him with the chances. We've, we've got every chance. I still think we've got the talent. It's just getting that little bit of luck, getting that, getting that little bit of organization, right. And, you know, it could it could go our way, I, I, but I have to say I think what everybody else has said it's going to be a hard game, and I'd be I, really, I would be happy with a point at the end of the day. And Chris, a point away from home, three points from your home games or your winnable home games will be enough, won't it? If we if we get a point on the road at Brentford, a point on the road at Bournemouth, and a win against Crystal Palace, we won't be that far off a point again, will we? After that horrific home run that we keep talking about. You, you've got to be sensible and you would take a point, wouldn't you? Of course you would. Oh, certainly Saturday. I'd, I'd be looking at, I, I certainly think they're capable of going to Bournemouth and winning. You know, I'll mm. be, you know, I'll be looking at a point minimum at Bournemouth. Palace at home's you know, another of them, you know, they're, they're toss of a coin games, aren't they? You know, they, they, you know people, you, you expect you to sort of turn up at home to teams like, Teams like in inverted commas, Crystal Palace, but uh, that's say they're uh, you know they don't give much away either. You know, <laughs> all, all the size people are sort of mocking Burnley, Sheffield, and Luton at the moment. But any any side that's in the Premier in the Premier League is a top side. Don't you know? Don't don't, don't mm. have no bones about mm. it. They're not you know they're, they're they're there on merit and they're there for a reason. And uh, it's yeah, it's, you've just got to. Every, every, all those sort of things have got to go in your favour. You know, you've got to take advantage of your home form. Let's say which Burnley have they've had a stinking start in terms of opposition there, if nothing else. But uh, mm. yeah, I, I, I'd be looking at uh, you know that's it. Saturday's winnable. They're all winnable. But it's uh, like certainly Bournemouth. You know, you look at the cup game last year when Burnley put out you know what you would consider a weakened side and went there and you know thoroughly deserved to, to, to win there and. Uh, you know they've had a change in manager and and, and so on and so forth, but uh, I don't. I, I'd expect Bournemouth to be you know down among the uh, the dead men as such at the end of the season. You've got to be uh, taking points off your rivals. Yeah, it does feel like Bournemouth are like we were perhaps not last season, the season before, coming to the end of a a kind of a this year's the year for them to kind of drop out again. But um, Woody, if you're Vincent Company, are you? making changes uh, we obviously don't know what he's been up to on the training ground he's lost perhaps you know the likes of um you know your internationals who've gone away so he's perhaps not been able to work on as much with as many players but are you are you making any changes to that lineup given given the games we've had and the games we've got coming up i think what we do what vincent winds up doing two completely different things as we found so far <laughs> we know perfectly down well what changes are going to be made and then there'll be two out of left field where we've gone why the fuck has he just done that you know it doesn't work for him so let's anticipate that again so 
Justin, like winged would you? And... Well, yeah. Uh, quite. Well, he's had two weeks to think about it, hasn't he? So the performance against Chelsea was certainly in that second half was subpar. I think this is. I think this is one of the one of the problems we've got in in sort of predicting what's going to happen. We have got no idea what the team's going to be. You know, last season it was it was pretty stable, wasn't it? We and we had a pretty stable way of playing, and it, it was all. It, it all seemed, you know, quite, if not predictable, um, not all that surprising. I mean, this this time, I, 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 it's it's very difficult to tell who's going to be playing on the wing, who's going to be playing out wide. I think Foster, I think Foster's like a, you know, he, he's the first name on the sheet, isn't he? Cullen is is clearly going to play, uh, but apart, apart from that, you know, Trafford. You know, we, questions are being asked about about his performance. Um, it's just so difficult to predict who who is going to be in the side, and and therefore to know, you know, what 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 the likely outcome might be. Uh, and I find that quite it's an unusual situation to be in as a football fan, isn't it? Not only could I not name Vincent Company's best eleven, I don't think I could name my best eleven because it, <laughs> it 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 changes it changes from week to week so so radically that um, I haven't had time to have a look at you know X or Y player to know whether I think you know they're they're who I think should be in the team. So I can't, it, it's it's difficult when you when you're on a podcast trying to talk about a football match that hasn't happened yet when. Like I say, like I say, you don't know what the team's going to be, and you you you, you can't really forge a, a sort of reasonable, argued position on who should or shouldn't be playing. It's 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 a strange situation to be in, but there we are. Yeah, and Chris, we've said it several times, haven't we? It's kind of uh, as Woody alluded to. There'll be a couple of left field changes. You know, Vatinio will be up front on his own or whatever one or um, you know, Masenga will suddenly find himself at centre half. There's there's all this <laughs> kind of confusion and chaos almost. I'm sure Vincent has has a, a really set idea on what he wants to achieve with the players he's got. But um, are you going to take the bait that I've offered? Woody and Justin, and give us a, a change, controversial or otherwise. Well, he, he, I think we know. Yeah, I say there might be a semblance of chaos, as, as, as Justin said, but uh, I think we know he, he's he's more horses for courses than Sean Dyche ever was, but won't often change his 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 philosophy, except for you know surprising us all against uh, Manchester City on day one. You know when he you know when he lined up with a, effectively a back five, you know. Brentford flick between a back three and a back four. Will that you know what will they turn out on Saturday? Will that affect Vincent's thinking? You know, if he, if he goes L for leather and plays a front three against their back three, that'd be mm. very interesting. For example, you know, and so you know, say Hickey Hickey likes to get forward. Can we get? You know, if it's Collier show in there, if it's Odebear in there, in behind in behind him, if it's Zorori in there, he might come in out of the, out of out of the cold as such. You just mm-hmm. don't know, do you? But uh, I say, you, 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 I mean, Chaffer was taking a bit of a bit of stick the other night for the free kick, the Ukraine uh, under twenty ones beating England three two. But uh, it's again, I said a couple of weeks ago, it's like the Joe Hart situation. Uh, I don't necessarily think you can point any fingers at him. 
for specific goals, but uh, it's just more the feel of things, isn't it? And things felt better, albeit at a different level last season with, with Murich, but I don't see that changing. It's, I think Taylor, Taylor will start, toss up at right back, you know, does, 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 you know, you, you'd imagine Berger plays for his, you know, his, his physicality. Brentford like to play with two, two eights as such. Do Burnley play with Cullen and a, and a, you know and a second pivot next to him? He's, <laughs> that's why Vincent makes the money, isn't it? But it's, <laughs> you, 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 it could be any anything. Like, like, like I said, like Justin was alluded to. We've seen Colliosho play well wide. We've seen Odebar play well wide. We've seen Goodmanson if fit play well there. We know we know what Zorori can do. We don't know about Benson's fitness situation. But any one of those you could pitch into the, you know, I'm doing it. We've not even mentioned. Yeah, yeah, Brun Larson. Brun Larson there as well, have we? Yeah. I'm doing comes back with it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm doing it. I'm doing he gets a goal under his belt for uh, for the Swiss uh, national side. Could he play? I liked him, you know, coming in, you know, from the from the right hand side. It, it, anyone's guess. <laughs> I don't think he's going to play, but it's really good to see uh, Darko Chelinov back. I must say that's uh, uh, they the asked company about it in his press conference today, and uh, you know it, it's really positive news that he's back on the pitch and playing football again. Um, yeah, great news part, after what happened over the summer. Part of that Premier League squad apparently because he he took Bastian's place. We were able to replace. Mm. Uh, Bastian, who of course went out on loan to Turkey, and I, I think Chirinov got a full forty-five minutes in one of the games, and then twenty odd minutes in the the second game for uh, for North Macedonia. Like you say, brilliant seeing back after that illness, um, some kind of blood poisoning, we think, um, over the mm. summer. Um, whether he plays part of that, I don't know. I, I I'd still say that Chirinov was probably one of the people I was most excited about when we signed him because <laughs> he yeah. he just got a promotion under his belt in Germany and he just felt like this kind of player. And and to be fair, I think he's looked positive when he's come on, but he's you know when he's been thrust into the action, he's perhaps not quite been composed enough, shall we say, to to properly show what he's about. He's been a bit too eager to to please and I think sometimes maybe that's a culture company has maybe that is that you've only got one or two chances to really make an impression for, for Vincent and that's you know A keeps everyone on the toes but B perhaps isn't conducive necessarily for, for players being able to show what they're, they're really about as well He had to score at West Brom didn't he last year but, he, but he's, yeah. he's, he's, mm. he's like an Eagles type for me you know some might feel like you know a bit of a look but does get fans, you know, off off the seats, and he's always looking to make things happen. Which you know, it's it's what you want to see in in, in football. He's got that sort of uh, nature about him. But uh, I, I I think he's a long way down the pecking order. I'd be surprised if we saw him uh, anytime soon. To be honest, means he starts on Saturday. There you go. Availed <laughs> 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 the new optimistic drummer. Because I reckon he seems like the kind of lad that if you gave him a drum, yeah. he just he's just happy to be there. I mean, the way he celebrated the championship title, you'd have thought he'd have made 38 appearances. I love that enthusiasm. He's just get him a drum, get him a big stick, Ooh. get him a seat next to Justin. <laughs> I just don't uh, I was thinking I was trying to think of optimistic drummers, and I think he's like, well, Meg White from the White Stripes always 
never cracked a smile, did she? She ain't an optimistic no. drummer. Pessimistic no. drummer, Meg yeah. White, I yeah. think. Yeah. Steve Steve yeah. Morris from New Order, Joy Division. Human oh, metronome. Yeah, not yeah. too yeah. optimistic. Not. He's quite funny. He's, he's, a, he's a funny. He's a, he's, a, he's funny though, isn't he? He's a, he's a, he's, a, he's an amusing. He's quite witty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, his books are good as well. Funny. Maybe 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 Morris can just keep keep the beat for uh, Josh Cullen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. he's, he's, the he's the metronomic yeah. beat for, uh, for Josh yeah. Cullen but, um, do hit us up with your suggestions on social media uh, at BO Podcast on Facebook and Twitter stroke X whatever you want to discuss and call it as these days but um, we'll leave it there for, for this episode we'll be back on Monday with hopefully we say this every week hopefully a positive debrief uh from the brentford game uh until then enjoy the rest of your week enjoy your weekend uh if you're going down to brentford don't forget it's your job you've got to make some noise got to create that atmosphere nobody else is going to do if you guys don't um until we get the drummer in place uh we will see you on monday uh up the clarets